Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Well, hello, party partners, and welcome to our Power Hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to you by Be the Star You Are 501c3 Charity. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, helping you to be the star you are. And this is from Malcolm Fords. Too many people overvalue what they are not and undervalue what they are. So we want to think about being who you are and not what you're not. So in today's show, <laughs> today's show, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we love, pets, gardening, and just living life to the fullest. So Heather, we're going to just start it off with you because you have always been such a major animal lover. And mm-hmm. you know, you probably have a few tips for us about what you can do to keep your pets from having too many pranks. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, so pranks or nuisances or even, uh, oh, hi, Jack. Speaking of dogs, we are currently dog-sitting for some friends of ours right now, and uh, I have to say other, so many, poo- so many pooches in the house um, oh. <laughs> and picking up on their different, uh, different lifestyles and things. But um, trying getting into your pets, your pooches, your cats, whatever it may be, um, living with, as you know, there's little things. Sometimes things can seem cute, annoying, whatever it may be. But sometimes it can even be health factors that could affect your pet. So um, kind of kicking it off, one thing when we think of dogs, um, and even cats too, this can happen, is drinking from uh, the toilet bowl. Um, you know, that's sort of that, always the thing that dogs like to drink. Well, of course, dogs see it um, as, you know, that, uh, just basically a big giant water bowl. And you've probably seen it before. If you, animals just seek water. It's an animalistic nature. Um, 
and something that's animalistic in their human nature. Um, that I mean, there's been times we've had with our dog that we have a water bowl that's sitting in the backyard, and you know, it's kind of sat up there for a few weeks, and before you know it, kind of has gets like that green sludge and algae. And she'll still go and drink from it. And we, oh, my God, we grab it and we rinse it off and we think, like, oh, what are you doing that's so gross? And kind of think of when it's, like, with kids, how kids will, you know, they, they're confused. Why are they getting in trouble? They don't understand what, what's wrong. Um, so ways to avoid that. First off, so one that, you know, it's probably kind of gross, toilet water. Um, but beyond it just having, you know, bacteria in it, there's also chemicals in it. Think about what you clean um, the toilet with, um, if you have those things that sit in there, stuff over time. It's just accessible. And then just think of what your pet would be ingesting plus, you know, they're kissing you, vice versa. So the biggest and easiest thing yeah. is just, <laughs> shut the toilet, just shut the lid. And I'm a stickler for that, too, of just in general. That's, like, one of my personal pet peeves. I can't stand um, bathrooms in the toilet lid. Maybe that sounds like OCD-ish, but I can't stand toilet lids being open. I just feel that's like the same like me. I go in there. Just shut that. Just shut that down. It's like having exactly. The just it's so open. easy. I get really frustrated when the toilet seats are up. And I know it's kind of a boys thing, but and if you're raised in a family of boys, you probably do it more often the girls. But yeah, put the put the seat down. Yeah, and then so the easy thing is then just have fresh water um, for your pets. And too, you know, a lot of times animals prefer uh, running water. Um, so and then, you know, this literally, you know, PetSmart, Petco, all those things. The pet industry is a bajillion fortune. You know, there's just everything you could possibly think of, um, and they make you know they make um, things that basically like the water fountains or things that have fresh. Um, I mean, I have to say we have a, a, a very simplistic a water this water bowl container thing that, uh, but it fil- it filters the water, so it's basically like a giant Brita for for a dog. Um, you know, so unnecessary, but we think, you know, it's just healthier for her. So, I mean, there's, there's ways that your dogs, your, your, uh, animals can have healthier, cleaner water and avoiding anything can with you. Um, another thing too, you know, sometimes, um, you know, animals, especially, you know, of, you know, fresh laundry, dirty laundry, cleaning, whatever it may be, animals are attracted to our scent because, you know, that we are, you know, they're nurturers, they're parents in ways that that's why they become our family members. And animals, and especially dogs, um, seeing dog sense is um, scent is one of their uh, strongest senses, and you know that's what you know dogs are, are used for hunting dogs and, and various things, and that's what they, they sniff. They, you know, their first thing we all know how they greet that they sniff each other out, and they come to you. And, and anytime you know when you meet a stranger's dog, you're supposed to put your hand up so they can get your scent. Um, but dogs, especially that they grow to love your scent, um, and the times will happen. You know, I know so many times. The dog hopping in, taking, you know, dirty underwear, dirty clothes, things that it just seems so gross. But they feel kind of that connection to it. And also warm laundry. We have this little chihuahua, and she just, anytime you take out fresh laundry, they just hop right in. Um, but the big thing with it is that they're just, that's their way. They want to have that kind of comfort, that closeness to you. They like having that sense of you. It still feels like you're around. Um, what can become issues, though, is that um, a lot of times, you know, when you try to take it from the animal, it becomes more of a game, a tug-of-war game, they're running, and then they'll associate that with being, um, this is a game, this is a playful, this is a positive thing. So instead of that, you need to be forceful with things of, you know, saying, you know, put this down, let it go. Um, having timeouts, I know um, we uh, babysat for a friend, our family friend of our dog, who is a rescue dog, who kind of has some um, anxiety and separation issues and so they actually have this kennel for her which for me I, I hate the thought of dogs being kenneled but that was actually sort of her comfort zone 
Um, and also, I mean, it was kind of also when she was not like naughty of putting her in there, but in her in her thing they put toys, and then they put some things. They had some clothes in there, some old shoes and stuff that um, that that way that she had something that that smelled like them that she could play with, and that it was given to her, so it wasn't you know she knew not to take it. So um, you need to just kind of assess, um, assess boundary rules basically with with pets. And I know at your house the things that we'd always give the dogs, you know, old shoes, old socks. Um, you know, things that you're no longer using. So they and they had a bone box, like the dogs had a bone box, you know. A big, yeah. We had a, like a toy box for them, and, you'd, and I, we're kind of always strict if they had to put the toys back. I know that sounds silly, but they did it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I have to say the dogs that we're taking care of right now, uh, such, you know, the pampered pooch that when, for the weekend, I guess he, he picked out the few toys he wanted to bring over. Uh, which now we're having trouble locating one of them. But um, at home, it's just like a little kid. has a giant play box of all these different things. And, you know, you can go and tell him, Jack, you know, which one do you want to take? And he'll, he'll go pick out a thing. He'll have his favorite toys until he does it. It's just, you know, it's just like a little kid. Um, and so same thing of why you kind of need to set up these things. And also, you know, be delicate with it. Um, another thing that just kind of happens with animals and being playful, but think of it, too, as I just think of it as how people consider your pets as um, part of the family. Uh, for safety things, too, you want to think of it as just as if this was your, your child. Um, so especially puppies and kittens um, are tend to be kind of drawn to the reflections. And you've probably seen those really cute, uh, videos that are all over the internet, you know, with a cat, you know, pawing at the mirror and thinking, oh, this is so cute and that, you know, we're, we're laughing because, oh my God, the cat doesn't realize it's, it's them. Um, they haven't quite realized those things. But what can happen if they're playing with these things is, um, there's the potential that if you don't have something secure, that something could fall, injure, you know, harm or potentially even kill your pet. And same thing that goes with children, you know, that if you don't have things properly secured, um, they're curious. They play with things, and that's when accidents happen. So um, it's okay. It's fun. It's cute. It's a good learning thing for cats and dogs and for, for basically baby creatures, um, small pets and stuff, to um, play with the reflections. But just make sure you have things properly secured so that you avoid any kind of injury that could potentially happen with that. You know, um, and that's really important, too, um, is if you're talking about birds, you know, because Birds like to look into mirrors and talk to themselves, et cetera. So, you know, you just have to be careful that, that they don't actually think that it's another bird. Mm. You know, and that's actually interesting that you said that about birds. Uh, I know you have quite, quite the aviary, and I'm not sure you have any in there, but I know friends that have sort of more domestic small cage uh, things, which I hate that in general. But um, that certain birds, you know, that they love that they make little bird toys, basically that are mirrors in there. That they, yeah, they like to talk to themselves, and it play. It makes them feel like there's someone else there, um, and that kind of makes a big thing. Is a lot of animals, especially especially dogs, um, because as we know, dogs just over time, why they've gotten that name as man's best friend is we've sort of almost um, uh, evolutionary-wise have kind of created this other um, creature that, that we, as, as a family member, that walks side by side with us, that, you know, our hunt, that, that help us be our carriers, our hunters, that have really become so part of us. So, you know, our dogs, and hence why there is this bajillion, you know, force in this industry of all these things, you know, because, you know, what your dog needs is snow boots, which they sell, which is bananas. Um, so thinking of things that when you're away that you're <laughs> that's right. 
you know, I, it's crazy. You know, there's so many things that you're like, really? Um, anyway, but uh, that, uh, that animals have this uh, anxiety thing. And I know when I first got, and especially rescue, um, rescue pets, uh, because for the most part, they've been left. They've been, so there's that thing that, you know, they've lived in, you know, and God bless the shelters, the no-kill shelters that exist. Um, but, you know, living in cages, living in this sort of, this re, you know, living this rejection thing. And I know when I first got my dog, um, got, she would cry. As soon as I would leave, I, you know, would shut the door, I would hear her pawing at the door and crying. It, you know, just that she'd be up against the door thinking basically I was leaving her. And when I would come home, she'd be sitting right there. Like, wait, I'd been sitting there all day, not left. And was just so excited and just, you know, tears of joy. And, um, you know, and we kind of need those things of, you know, it's, I think in general, unfortunately, we, we don't have another dog all the time. We're babysitting one right now. But um, don't have a second, a play pal for them. I think one, just like with kids, I think it's really good to have them socialize, have play dates, um, have something else. But if you can't be there in the day or there isn't another dog, good things to leave on is, is one, leave um, an item of yours, something that's not, something that you're not, uh, you know, an, an old sweater, something that has your scent on it so that they can feel that comfort. Um, and as well as leaving, you know, um, audio-visual things on. We leave this sound so silly, but we leave the TV on for our dog um, so that it sounds like there's things on. And whether she's really watching it, there's noise in the house. Um, kind of keeps her occupied because otherwise, too, um, the animals are attracted to any sound that they'll hear, so they'll start, you know, barking. And that's what people who say, oh, you know, your dog, your dog just barks all day long. Well, when they're lonely. Well, and they they're lonely. I would think the dog is lonely. Yeah, no, so, it's, so you know, you create, create these things for your dog. And I know you used to do things uh, for uh, us when you'd go away on, on um, work trips of making these videos. Of you. I know that they say that, you know, you can do this for your animals as well, creating that sort of false sense, having things that have uh, your actual sound on it because they, um, they relate to that, they respond to that. So, I mean, really, the basic things when it comes to uh, your, you know, household pets, and, and I know I'm kind of saying more on the dog side, and this goes for cats as well, but as we kind of know that cats, uh, there are some very cool cats out there, but there are, for the most part, many cats, you really have to work for their love. Um, when it comes to dogs are just so that, like, oh my, you know, give me a belly rub and I'm your best friend forever. Um, it's treating them sort of, you know, as that family member, but with that child mentality, um, of that, you know, they get lonely, that they can uh, uh, misbehave, that they're curious. Animals are curious creatures, and, and basically think of their, even as advanced there as it's their development state as being as a child state, that um, they're affected by things, of their moods, of your moods. Um, very much so, you know, your dog, your animals can sense, um, you know, their, their senses are heightened in other ways, or can sense emotion, and that's why there's therapy animals out there. You know, and talking of therapy animals, you know, the uh, there are seventy percent of U.S. households have at least one domestic pet. At least that's according to the American Pet Products Association. And when you talk about uh, you know uh, pets having health benefits for people, I think the amazing thing is that it shows that there is a correlation between pet ownership and the reduction in loneliness and depression. In people, so oh, you know, and, and that's, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's why they're this so thing happen is that it is, it is a, a stress release. I have to say, you know, there's just there's something very calming about just petting, uh, uh, petting a pet. You know, petting <laughs> that's, a pet, right. that's what it's called, petting. You know, pet is to just have something that just 
you know, like anything, just and that pure, and I think it's pure love. So that's that, the wonderful that, again, thing. And it's that pure joy that you see that the simplicity of things that this animal of how happy it makes them just to have that amount of love, just that human touch. And um, actually, the dog that we are just to kind of side note, the dog that we're babysitting, our friend, it was a rescue dog, and when she first got the dog. Um, I think he was a little under a year old and had never um, been touched by a human. He had just only, I mean, never been pet and lived in, I don't know the circumstances of why he'd gotten the pound, but it was a kill pound. And when she came there and she wanted to adopt a dog, and, you know, when you go to the pound, all the animal, all the dogs are always barking, trying to get your attention. And she said, this one dog, he was just sitting there sort of, you know, looking of, you know, almost just kind of lonely. And she went to him and... Um, she went and she picked him up, and at first he was very like, you know, oh my god, what's happening? Like I've never been picked up, and instantly he just sort of melted her. So she left, and they decided, no, I want this dog, and it was, you know, other things ensued. They said the dog was gone. Anyway, she and you know, got him. And this dog, I must say, is the most love bug, just like all over you kind of thing. Like he just, he's actually just walked in right now. Um, well, you know, there's just, something like, to be said about picking up being, rescue animals you know, because... Exactly, and, it, and I think really what happens, is, as we know, just as when um, it comes with charity and all these things that, you know, when you help other people, you're really helping yourself, that you feel that reward inside. And I think when it comes to uh, pets, and especially I have a sucker, I have a soft spot for, for rescue, uh, uh, rescue animals, especially rescue dogs, um, just that conditional love that you, and I feel like in both ways, you both get saved, that, um, you know, that you're each getting something out of it. And um, for anyone, people out there that are looking, um, again, I don't mean to specialize in dogs because there's rescues for every kind of animal out there, but um, dogs tend to have the more different breeds that people get really set on, you know, I want uh, an English bulldog or I want a, a chihuahua or a German shepherd. And there's all these puppy mills out there, there's breeders out there, but really there's so many pounds, but there's also um, specialized rescues that they, if you, if there's a fancy purebred dog you want, there's probably a rescue center for them because, um, you know, various reasons, but a lot of times, especially with the small dogs, people want them, they think they're cute at first, and then they realize this is a responsibility. It's not well, just an accessory, it's an actual thing. Speaking um, about cute dogs. at first and not an accessory, I had no idea that there was a pot belly rescue community, and that's how I ended up with our 350-pound Potbelly pig yeah. because <laughs> Cookie was a rescue who was found on the side of the road, but she was only 75 pounds when she yeah, came to I me mean, and was quite small. But she was still getting too big for an apartment, so somebody probably just set her loose, you know. And that's so sad to think that somebody would, you know, that someone would take something because they think they're cute. That happens all the time at Easter. With chickens and rabbits, and, you know, yeah, uh, and people funny, give them in a basket and, or something, and, and then they realize and, they grow up, and and it's not that they're not cute; it's just that animals are work. So you have to be willing to put in that time and energy and be playful and caring. You know, it, they are yeah, a, a living, like, breathing um, part of the family. You know, exactly the thing when people say, "Oh, you know, oh, it's just a cat, it's just a dog, it's just an animal." It really is a member of your family because. One, you know, they're, you know, hopefully their life expectancy will be long, but they, they depend on you that, you know, they need shelter, they need food, they have health conditions and medical bills, um, and, and the same thing that you worry about them that, you know, when they run away, they get injured, 
it really is a part of your family. So I'm always, you know, whenever people say things of that's just a dog, this is that's just an animal, I'm very quick to come to the fence of animals and all this, you know, love and attention um, that goes into it. And again, and that's absolutely. why we have veterinarians. I mean, and when people say, I mean, that's why we have veterinarians. And, and if people know that vet bills are rather expensive because your personal health insurance does not cover your pet bills, and, you know, when they break an arm, it's just like a, a child. It's just like anyone breaking an arm, the, the bills and the, you know, the pain medication and the visits and the, the rehab therapy. There's all that kind of stuff. So, you know, with overall... Well, I think what you're your saying pet. is if you're going to get a pet before you do is that it's very important that you think carefully about it because they are, you know, every pet has a personality and there are going to be different ways that they live and like we were talking about pet pranks you know they may do things that aren't really up to the standards that you want so you may have to spend time retraining them or whatever that is but the important part is is that it has to be a a a real love for the animal because then the animal just gives so much back to you they are so joyful they the bond is truly special. It has to be celebrated. And my thing is, is I always think is I'm never quite sure who owns whom when it yes. comes to an animal. Oh, I feel rather goodness. owned yes. by all of my animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you just have to be really cautious and, and, uh, and think about it loving. But, you know, when you decide you have a pet, they really become part of your family. They're very heartwarming. They give you unconditional love. I knew in my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning to Make a Difference. I have a chapter that is, um, that is a, a wiggle and wag. And I always have said that if we would come to home to our partners, our human partners, and they would wag their tails and jump up and down and, you know, and their tongues would go, <laughs> yeah. just because they were so happy to see us instead of saying, oh, my gosh, you don't smell good or, gosh, did you yeah. have a bad day? You look awful. You know, we would just, we'd probably be much happier creatures. So maybe we all need to, to wiggle and wag a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Less, less is more. The silent communication is best. Right, right. Well, so any final tips for people who are considering any pet, whether it is a bird, a, a rabbit, a mouse, a chicken, an iguana, you know, yeah, my, obviously my, cat my or dog? Thing is, my biggest thing is, uh, is this view, view, your, view your pets as your family members and just think of all the various things going into it, that especially if you're getting them from a chick, a puppy, a kitten, whatever it may be. Um, that you know that they will, just as children, that they will grow into full-grown animals and that each thing has um, particularly health issues, personalities, and think about the things in the space. Do you live in a small apartment? Is it going to be fair to have a German shepherd that you know, needs lots of running space? You know, do you have, you know, do you have the safety for it? Um, also, just as if you're getting an animal, safe-proofing your house so there aren't any potential dangers, uh, you know, cats, and dogs are very curious, just like children, uh, that, you know, unfortunately they get into things, um, not to be naughty pets, but because they're curious. So, um, you know, think of literally when you get a new pet, think of child-proofing your house, of locking things, because they'll get into things that could potentially harm or kill them. Um, and, you know, you just want to keep the best safety for your pets and animals. So 
Um, you know, various things are out there, and anything, just research the pet, research, make sure this is going to be a good fit for yourself um, so that you're not one of the many people that are having to um, surrender pets over to shelters. Oh, that's excellent. And if you're interested in more information about pets, you are invited to read the article on the importance of pets that's in today's La Marinda Weekly by our team volunteer, Andrew Wang. It is a piece that I edited, and he talks about the importance of pets in our household. And I thought one of the funny things he said is that one of his, um, he has a, a pet, uh, a Meek, a jade blue parakeet named Perchy. And besides Perchy's loud chirping all the time when he plays his uh, musical instruments, the secret hobby of Perchy the parakeet is to bite the pages of his homework, much to the chagrin of his teachers. Uh. <laughs> and I always think about that as, oh, you know, the dog ate my homework. Well, with yeah. Andrew's case, it is the parakeet is biting my papers. <laughs> so that's another thing. We have to uh, rid our pets of those kinds of things. I'll be posting that. It's the La Marinda Weekly for today, and it is the importance of pets. So give out the websites, Heather. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYard.com as well as BeTheStarYard.org. And when we come back from the break, we will be bringing you more information. We're going to be talking about some other important things of the day. We're going to do a few winter driving tips Uh, protect you from some moving scams, and then, of course, we're going to talk about why we garden. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting? conference or organization internationally recognized keynote speaker and new york times best-selling author and lifestyle coach cynthia bryan will bring her energetic expertise passionate professionalism and ebullient personality to your event hailed as an expert in lifestyle women's issues self-help personal balance leadership media gardening and interior design topics cynthia bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. org. Be the lucky star. You are. Be the star you are. You are the star. 
Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, winter is in full a swing across the United States here in the Northern Hemisphere. So we really should look at a few winter driving protections and the precautions that you can take so that you can be safe on the road and whenever you are traveling in winter conditions because it could be a matter of life and death. So here are a few uh, things that you should consider. Visibility. Now, of course, you want to try to avoid driving when visibility is poor. If you have to drive, turn on your headlights and reduce your speed. You know, keep your headlights on low if it's really foggy and then put them on high if it's really dark. If conditions uh, can deteriorate and you're having trouble seeing, just it's much better to pull off the road in a safe location until the conditions improve. And that includes if it's really raining hard. I do remember one winter being in North Carolina, and I've never been in a rainstorm like that. It was pounding so hard that there was just no way the wipers could keep up. And we had to pull over and just stop until that really heavy torrential rain passed. So don't try to keep driving because you don't know what's on the other side. Now, speaking of um, lights and visibility, you might want to give your headlights a, a fresh look that could boost your safety and also uh, stretch your dollars because we don't often look at our car's headlights, right? And um, as far as automotive uh, safety tools go, though, they are taken for granted and they are really important. You know, we usually keep tabs on our oil levels, the tire wear, and even windshields. But we really should be looking at the headlights. You have literally half of your nighttime visibility until you can get something fixed if a light goes out. so And that could be several days. So you want to be really cautious because your headlight strength and brightness tends to degrade over time and it can by up to about 20%. So if you are driving a lot, make sure to have your headlights checked and you might want to swap them out. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says that it takes a vehicle that's going 55 miles an hour approximately 265 feet to stop, and you must hit the brakes within 1 to 1.5 seconds of seeing an obstacle in order to avoid it. Now, at night, every extra inch of visibility really matters. So with darkness filling our days and our nights, is a good time to swap out your dim bulbs for a fresh set. So make sure that you talk to your mechanic. Now, if you are in ice and you have to scrape ice off of your windshield before starting out, there may be black ice or reduced traction on your route. Uh, Don't use uh, cruise control when you are driving in slippery conditions and always maintain a safe following distance. I know last year, my husband uh, was driving in Lake Tahoe, hit some black ice, and immediately went into a big slide, and the results could have been much more disastrous, but we did end up sliding right into another vehicle. No one was hurt, but the cars were, and that black ice, you just can't see it. Fuel. Always keep your gas tank at least half full to avoid that gas line freeze-up and to make sure that you are prepared for any emergency. When it comes to communication when you're traveling, make sure you tell your family members when you are leaving, where you are going, 
the route you are taking, and when you expect to arrive before you set out in marginal weather. Also, keep your cell phone fully charged and have a charger in your car. I'm sure you've read in the news a couple years ago, you know, there was a lot of snow here in um, in California. I remember a really dire thing where a car got lost in the snow, thought they were taking the right road, ended up in you know, in some remote area, the man got out to hunt for help and he died um, of exposure. And there was a woman and a baby in the car. They were finally rescued, but in bad condition. So you don't want to get lost. And, you know, don't just depend on your cell phone for maps. Have maps with you. Because if you get into an area where there is no cell service, you may get yourself in trouble and not be able to get out. If your car is front-wheel drive, it's best to steer in the direction you want your car to move if you start to skid on ice. If your car is rear-wheel drive, you want to steer into the skid. And if your vehicle loses control, just focus on the the road ahead. Gently press the gas if you have anti-lock brakes and just don't slam on the brakes. Always remember to be alert. That is really important. If you have had a really heavy meal, if you haven't been sleeping well, if you're not feeling well, and worst of all, if you've had alcohol, this can make you dangerously drowsy. And driving conditions require extra time and attention in the winter. So consider delaying your departure until you really you feel better, you feel alert, and you are rested. So those are just a couple of things that we want to think about for winter driving. Now... The other thing that is part of your safety, the safety tips for today are about moving. This is a time of year where a lot of people tend to move. I might have to be moving offices. I was just at an appointment today where the um, the client had just moved into a new office after 33 years. You know, their rent had gotten so expensive at an old place. They had to move, and they just moved a couple days ago. But, you know, there are risks when you are moving. So if you are making, if you'd like to make a smooth move and be safe doing it, I have a few uh, thoughts for you. First of all, you have to realize that whenever you're going to be making a move, whether it's from your residence or from your office, you are going to be facing an elevated risk of, having your sensitive data stolen because moving is that prime time for identity theft. What happens is we start clearing out the clutter and cleaning our desks or cleaning things out and throwing things away and papers are getting constantly shuffled from a home or to an office. And what happens is, is sometimes things are left to dumpster divers or to movers or perhaps it's even you know, people who are house hunting, or even sketchy contractors. So to protect yourself, you want to really prepare for a move. And in the winter, there's a lot of snowbirds. You know, a lot of people will go from a winter location, and they will go and they'll spend a couple of months, you know, in a warmer location, and vice versa. Some people decide that they're going to go from the warmer location, and they're going to go skiing. So whenever you're going to do any kind of move, first of all, you want to notify your post office at least 7 to 10 business days before your move. 
And you can get those change of address forms. They're free if you go to the post office or you can go online. You pay about a dollar for them at uh, the Movers Guide at USPS.com. You want to make sure to notify your bank, your credit card companies, any uh, fund managers, if you have uh, health insurance, you know, any insurance companies, including uh, all your health care providers, your auto care, your utilities, etc. You want to get all the new address into their hands before your move. And then you should expect a letter at your old address from most of these services, including the post office, as well as credit card companies, asking whether the move is valid. And the reason they do this is that there are people out there, scammers, who fraudulently file address change requests in your name to, and, um, you know, they'll intercept your mail or something, and then they'll do something like that. Uh, One of my girlfriends just had a, somebody in Texas was trying to buy a house with her credit, and of course they got caught, but you know, it could have been dire. It could be like emptying your bank accounts. So make sure to do this in advance so that you can be able to check and uh, change it uh, that in a, in a satisfactory way. Now, as far as any of your sensitive documents, make sure to shred or burn them. Moving often means you get rid of that old paperwork, and that was what my client this morning was saying, as such a hassle it was to move, it was also very liberating because all of the, you know, the stuff that's been around for years, 33 years in one spot, you know, it was really cleaned out. So you shred things that contain your social security number, any account numbers, any sensitive information, uh, date of birth, and all kinds of health records. And that can really help the identity theft opportunity from happening to you. Uh, Birth certificates, passports, wills, tax returns, any financial statements, uh, again, medical records, health insurance, all jewelry, valuables, of course, all of these should be removed from your home or your work by you. Do it yourself, including moving your computer, even if you have a, a very strong password on it. You want to make sure that these things are not easily available or sitting on a desk. And if you're selling your home or you're getting ready to rent something out, don't just have things sitting around, you know, or don't have mail sitting around that somebody could easily pick up and put into a bag. Theft happens. It happens frequently. And the same thing happens if you are bringing in uh, work people or contractors to spruce stuff up. You want to do your homework on them before you book them and then be there when they're there. That usually deters somebody from having those sticky fingers, you know, that may just want to take something. You want to be around and, you know, be watching them and let them know that you are there. After you get to your new uh, location, whether it be your home or office, verify that all the material is coming to your new residence. And so you may want to make a whole list of all the places and all the things that you need. And then three months after you have moved in, you should register to get a free copy of your uh, credit report. Now, you know, you are allowed to get one free credit report from each of the three credit bureaus once a year. And you could go to annualcreditreport.com and then... You can click on either Transperian or, you know, I mean, Experian or um, 
the, any of the other ones and get a copy of your credit report. What I do is I put it into my calendar for every four months to check one of them. And this will just sort of keep things, you know, keep things cleaner for you and protect your any identity theft. If you feel that you might have been subjected to something, you can put a freeze on your accounts. And that means that nobody can open a loan or open anything in your name without you being contacted first. Now, the benefit of that is uh, that um, is that you will be protected. The negative is is that it costs you to put a freeze and it costs you to unfreeze. And each one is a little bit different. But if you think you're susceptible, it's worth that little bit of money to do it. And, you know, just keep something else in mind is that when you are at a store, you know, you, maybe your checks should have a P.O. box or a business address on it because not every store clerk is, what I what should I say? They're not all going to be honest. There are crooked ones. And they, especially the ones that are in places that are vacation places, they know that seasonal visitors have, uh, you know, are, are just going to be there for a short amount of time and that they probably have more time to use your credit cards and they won't get caught. So just be safe and keep your identity and your personal information uh, as, as safe as possible by shredding all your documents and not just having them around. And then one last thing, just as a reminder to everyone, is there is a law that says that no one can really ask you for your Social Security number. And the only reason that you would need to give that out is, you know, if you are going in for some kind of a medical treatment. But just on forms where it asks for Social Security number, you don't need to put it. If it is necessary down the line, then it will come to you. You really only need to put it when you're going to get a paycheck. So keep that in mind and keep your all your information safe. Well, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about why we garden. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Back in a bit. The star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Have you read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People? I think it's one of the most important books that is on the planet today. I take no credit for this business bite, yet feel that these are seven strategies that have helped me be successful, and they'll help you as well. Again, these are from Stephen Covey's mega bestseller, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Be proactive. Every moment, every situation provides a new choice. Begin with the end in mind. Begin each day, each task, each project with a clear vision of your desired direction and your destination. Then continue by flexing your proactive muscles to make things happen. Put first things first. It's okay to say no when necessary and then focus on your highest priorities. Think win-win. See life as a cooperative arena, not as a competitive one. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. 
synergize, embrace teamwork, open-mindedness, and the adventure of finding new solutions to old problems. And then learn to sharpen your saw. Assure a balanced program for self-renewal in the four areas of your life, physical, social, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. To book a consultation or a coaching session, call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. Or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a light that well, how many people out there are gardeners? Gardening is the number one hobby in the United States, and it is a multi-billion dollar industry. But why is it that we garden? I began to write a series of articles just focusing on that fact. What makes people love gardening so much? Now, Aristotle said, in all things of nature, there is something of the marvelous. And I know for me, it was just a blustery, cold, post-holiday day recently, and I found myself wandering in my landscape. I was bundled up against the chill in a warm-down jacket. I had a faux fur hood. I had two pairs of gloves, and the winds were so intense. The tree limbs littered the driveway because the entire branches, they arched towards the ground. Some broke off. And that gale just reddened my eyes. And although nothing in the garden really demanded my immediate attention, I was still determined to be outside, even in this, this gale force wind and this obvious storm. So in the midst of the storm, I thought to myself, why is it that I love gardening so much? So I raked the rubble and I pulled a few errant weeds and a river of answers just flooded into my brain. And after asking friends, family, strangers the same question, it became really obvious that although we all have our individual reason, gardening gets into our blood and it contributes to our unique personalities, our passions, and our preferences. So as part one of my series... I wrote, these are some of the reasons that we choose to be gardeners. The first one is memories. Now, since I grew up on a 360-acre farm where we grew a great variety of organic fruits, vegetables, and herbs, as well as a couple acres of flowers, my fondest memories all have something to do with being in the dirt. And I'll never forget the winter when my mom caught me picking her prized camellias. 
As she shouted and scolded and raised her arms to hit me, my devoted dog jumped up between us and started growling at her. Now, I learned a lesson that day, first of all, that it was not okay to pluck her flowers, and it's not okay to pluck flowers in any garden without permission, even if the bouquet I was picking was for my mom. And she learned that our dog protected the kids first, even from her. (laughs) Now, raising my own children, I wanted to give them opportunities that would trigger remembrances, whether it was harvesting the first beans or burying a beloved pet. And I still think about collecting blackberries for summer breakfast at my grandparents' horse barn or learning to drive the jalopy in the orchard and saving hollyhock seeds at my nanny's house. It's a lifetime of fond memories, and that is what really grows in the garden. Food. Growing your own food is the healthiest way to live. There is absolutely nothing better than eating a fresh, ripe tomato right off the vine. Oranges, grapes, apples, tangerines, cherries, everything is sweeter and tastier when you grow it yourself. We learn to amend our soil so we know our harvests provide nutrients and health benefits from ground to table because we know what's in the soil, we know what we put on our plants, and we know that we're keeping it healthy. By learning what grows well in each season, a gardener can have a year-long produce department right outside the door. Exercise. Excited uh, sitting has become the killer disease du jour. You've probably read a lot of articles these days that say that Sitting for longer than six hours a day is actually contributing to death faster than smoking cigarettes. Well, gardeners do get off the couch. They unplug from the computer. They move outside in the fresh air. Digging, raking, hauling, lifting, planting, mowing, and hoeing, it burns calories. In fact, one hour of weeding burns approximately 300 calories for women and 400 calories for men. And this is the same amount as a moderate walk or cycling will do. Now, 45 minutes of gardening equals 30 minutes of aerobics. Carrying buckets of stones, bricks, or water strengthens our muscles. We are cross-training at every age. Now, you know, when I say gardening here, I do mean that you actually are doing the gardening, not pointing to somebody and, and telling them what to do. It means that you actually are doing the gardening yourself. Beauty. Gardeners are artists. Plants are the paint and our grounds are the canvas. Our unique creative style offers solace to the senses. There is wonder and magic in the natural world. And gardeners express themselves to surprise and delight. Many people own second homes in the Sierras or in a mountain area. And the beauty of their snow-laden winter wonderland rivals the burst of May flora after the melt. The first signs of crocus and daffodils in January lift spirits while the perfume of roses and bright hues of summer perennials remind us that the outdoors are for entertaining. Pride. How exciting it is to grow a spectacular peach or a beautiful dinner plate dahlia. We feel a sense of accomplishment, of a job well done, 
something tangible that we manifested through our personalized manual labor. Being in the age of technology and big business, many of us don't use the motor skills in our work life that we use in the garden. We are proud of our calloused hands and our muddy boots. Connections. Not only do we feel a soulful connection with our Mother Earth, but we gain a better understanding of ourselves and of others. No matter what level we are in our gardening adventure, we connect and communicate with one another about our trials, our triumphs, and hurdles. Many people join garden clubs or become members of a community garden. Our social circles expand over the latest recipe we cooked with ingredients from our potagers. Sharing. A garden is to share. It is such a joy to bring a basket of extra corn, of Swiss chard, or plums to a neighbor or a friend. Gardeners distribute rose canes after January pruning, bouquets of flowers as hostess gifts, and volunteer plants that have been pulled for transplanting. We share our knowledge of what works and what doesn't work, shortcuts we have found, and specimens that flourish in our area. We collect and we dry seeds to give to those who could benefit. Without all of the slips, pinches, cuttings, and rootings from my mother's garden, I wouldn't have my heritage showcase. If you've ever attended any of my garden presentations or seminars, you have benefited from the plethora of seeds, herbs, fruits, and other goodies I give away. Sharing is integral to a gardener's life. There are so many reasons that we love to garden, whether it be rain, sleet, snow, or sunshine, that I will be continuing this conversation in another Digging Deep and another uh, radio show. And if you'd like to email me your main motives for being a gardener, I may even include them. You can email me, Cynthia, at goddessgardener.com. I would really like to incorporate as many ways that we make this world a more beautiful place by doing what we love. Because we can make a New Year's resolution to find the marvelous in nature. So I always wish you a happy gardening and a happy growing. And here are a few mid-month reminders now that we are in mid-January. Add better drainage to any potted plants that you might have received as holiday gifts by removing the wrapping paper. You can trim the spent blossoms, water deeply, and fertilize. Then if you were given um, or you've had Cymbidium orchids that you have been raising outside, you can bring them in and put them inside. Now, Cymbidiums do need cold in order to rebloom. So whenever my Cymbidium orchids are done blooming, I move them outside on a north-facing situation. And there they begin their, you know, their new cycle where they'll be able to bloom again. Prune all your roses, your crepe myrtles, and your deciduous fruit trees by the end of the month. It's time to buy bare root rose bushes. What you'll do is soak them in water for a day before planting. Cut off any damaged or broken roots. Plant the bud union three inches above the ground. Also, treat houseplants to a warm shower and a shake because the indoor heat dries the roots, the leaves, and the fronds, and especially those of ferns. It's time to start picking your ripe and tangy navel oranges Meyer lemons, tangelos, and finish up the rest of your persimmons. And 
you know, in the downtime, peruse seed catalogs. They're available now to determine what you want to plant in the spring. So that's a little tour through the garden, and we'll be doing it again soon. And thanks for being such great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life each week. We're so happy that you tune in to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're always live with you Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. And we do like to bring you lots of information and news. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. We want you to cherish the past, dream of the future, but learn to celebrate today and every moment of your life. And read a book this week since we're talking about gardening. Pick up chicken soup for the gardener soul. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and I encourage you to be the star you are. Have a really wonderful, creative, beautiful week. Dream, inspire, and make a difference. And let's make this the best year. Until next week, we'll be together. Have a great one. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program. Star Style, be the star you are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.